You are listening to the Gospel Trail.
This is a 12-minute summary of The Childhood of Jesus, which is taken from a considerably longer presentation of about 40 minutes, which will be offered later in the year on this program. You might ask, why is there so little about Jesus growing up in the Bible? and so little about his teenage years and his 20s up to his ministry beginning at the wedding of Cana. It was probably so typical that the gospel writers did not even feel it was worth mentioning. The audience of the gospels would no doubt be familiar with Jewish kids and their lives and assume that that was the case with Jesus as well. But today, the typical Jewish child of that time is less obvious. The passing of centuries has made it difficult to imagine what life was like for the young or older Jewish child. However, there are writers that have studied this matter, for which there is more implicit than explicit data, and have suggested what that life may have been like. We will explore what has been suggested about the childhood of Jesus, so we can better understand this God-man who walked our earth. So what did a Jewish child typically experience in early life? The Bible leaves us with Jesus being taken to Egypt as a young child, perhaps about two years old. There was a time span between his birth and the visit of the wise men. As the star had appeared earlier, and it took time for those kings or men of wisdom to assemble a caravan. There may have been dozens of travelers involved, The fact that Herod ordered all children killed who were two years old or younger suggests that he understood the baby to have been born no more than two years previously. Fortunately, as we have seen, an angel told Joseph to take the child to Egypt with his mother. We might ask, why Egypt? But the answer to that question is clear. Whenever things got tough for Jewish people, they often moved to Egypt because there were long-standing Jewish communities in that country. Indeed, it is said that there were Jewish sectors in every city of Egypt, and thus there was safety and a sense of being with family in those areas. Most sources report that the family only lived in Egypt a short time, and thus the impact upon Jesus from the time in Egypt was probably minimal. Galilee is considered remote and obscure to many writers, but those who have visited the region, as well as historians, paint quite a different picture. In some respects, it was the crossroads of the world. The boy Jesus only had to climb some nearby mountains to have a view of the Mediterranean coastline, with ships coming and going from many parts of the world. Turning south from that mountaintop view, Jesus would see a major road that led down the coastline and from there to Africa, a well-known and well-used road for commerce. Scanning the horizon north, another road would come into view, one that led east to many other countries. Thus, it is likely that Jesus came into regular contact with people of many nations, And it may be that this brought to his mind the need for all humanity to be reached with the message he would later proclaim. But what was life like for the young child in Galilee, especially a young Jewish boy? 
He was without question surrounded by symbols of the Jewish faith, including the mezuzah on the doorframe that everyone Jewish was careful to touch when coming to or leaving their home. There were other religious objects, such as the lamp lit on the Sabbath, and objects used for holiday and Sabbath celebrations. The mother of the family interacted a great deal with her young children, first by teaching them the Hebrew alphabet. Reportedly, this began as soon as the young child began to talk. Early lessons included recognizing God as the child's father and creator of the world, knowledge of the law such as the Ten Commandments, and other basics of the faith. The mother was the first teacher who was thought to be able to adjust such lessons to the level of the child. Children learned the sayings of the sages, as well as a birthday text. The latter was chosen because the text had the same letters as the child's name in Hebrew. Earliest songs learned were some of the psalms, such as the Hallel, or pilgrimage-related psalms. Formal education began in the fifth or sixth year, depending upon the maturity of the child. Here, the alphabet was reviewed as well as writing skills, as the teacher and children either stood together or sat on the ground. There were no benches or chairs until later in history. The focus was upon the law of God, sometimes simplified to the child's level of understanding. One source states that the first five books of the Old Testament would be memorized during the first twelve years of life. From age ten to fifteen, the Mishnah was the focus of study, and thereafter it would be the discussions, as was the case in all of the academies of the time. While the study of the Mishnah began at ten, there might be as few as three years of study of this resource if the child was not able to learn well. Of course, the Mishnah had not been formally written yet, and thus what was learned from that source was passed on verbally from what the parents and teacher had learned of the decisions of the major scholars at the time. Generally, Leviticus was the first book studied, followed by the other four books of the Torah, and then the prophets and other books. Scholars note that the rabbis in Nazareth were not as scholarly as those in Judea, and thus they were more likely to insist upon strict observance of the laws established in Judea. And perhaps this is when Jesus first began to question the addition of these laws that were not in the Bible. God's favor was upon him, which means he was obedient to the law of God and was developing a relationship with God that was personal and intimate. He was perhaps growing to realize that he was not a typical Jewish child, but the Son of God in a unique manner. This verse implies this occurred prior to the age of 12 and may well have been a gradual realization. After a day of searching for him, they discovered Jesus was speaking with the religious leaders of that time at the temple listening to what they stated and asking questions. This was the sort of dialogue that was common in the academies at that time. The scripture states, All who heard Jesus speak were awestruck with his intelligent understanding of all that was being discussed and at his wise answers to their questions. 
This suggests that he was highly intelligent, which is obvious throughout his ministry. It is at this Jesus points to a significant shift in his understanding of his identity. Why would you need to search for me? Didn't you know it was necessary for me to be here in my father's house? This statement puzzled both Joseph and Mary, but Jesus was revealing what they had seemed to have forgotten. He was not Joseph's son, but rather God's son. They had been a family unit up to this point, but now Jesus had come to the realization of his true identity. But Jesus did not use this as an excuse to fully affirm an identity apart from them. The text states, Jesus went back home with them to Nazareth and was obedient to them. Luke 2.51 Then a verse follows that states that Mary treasured Jesus' words deeply in her heart. They were treasured because he was now aware of his identity as the Son of God and that he would take up the task of ministry, as Mary had been told by the angel. There's another aspect of this experience in the temple to be considered. According to some sources, there was a major test, so to speak, given to the child at about age 12. Today, the equivalent would be the bar mitzvah, which determined whether he was now a man of the law, taking a personal responsibility for obeying the law. But other sources suggest that this detailed examination indicated whether he should receive advanced training to become a rabbi. As Jesus grew, so did his wisdom and maturity. The favor of men increased upon his life, for he was greatly loved by God. Luke 2.52 This ability to take on the scholars is truly astounding in the life of Jesus. Perhaps he gained considerable confidence in this area from the fact that God helped him in such conflicts. But there may have been a more fundamental reason for spiritual growth, which had to do more with circumstances than his mind. Brian Simmons, in his footnotes to the Passion Translation, states that Jesus served his father in carpentry. It was typical for a Jewish boy to take up his father's career. He may have liked to begin his ministry earlier, but God thought it best for him to gain more experience as a common tradesman. Working with wood had been compared with working with people, and he was now both working with wood and working with people in his hometown, where everyone knew him and his family. Those who know little about everyday life often tend to be less effective in ministry. They have not been there as a common person and thus it is an extra hurdle to connect with other commoners. This is Brother Don. You are listening to The Gospel Trail.